0: welcome to the spawn chunks episode number 99 for Monday July 27th, 2020. my name is Johnny but the internet knows me as Pix and joining me as always is the ever satisfactory Joel Duggan. hi Joel
1: hey you know what I've been up to I do I do I've, I've seen I've seen your twitch notification yes yeah there was a it was a big weekend uh, this weekend uh, but if you want to hear more about uh sweaty shroom lights and the housing market, and maybe some D&D, you should check out the render distance. That's the pre-show conversation that we have uh, every week uh, before we record the spawn chunks. And you can get that at patreon.com slash the spawn chunks uh, with a little asterisk. You might not have to dig that far next week. Uh, what happens after episode 99? Episode 100. And we have decided that to celebrate 100 episodes, we are going to release the render distance, which is normally uh, part of the Patreon support rewards to the public so next week on the Spunchunks, chunks you'll notice it'll be a lot longer uh, and have a very informal beginning uh, it's a really casual chat in the render distance before we start the show uh, a little bit of behind the scenes uh, you know as we get ready for the show and talk with the live chat uh, in our discord and then we'll release that to the public so if you find that interesting keep an eye on this space more the render distance next week uh included uh with the spawn chunks basically the way that it looks it's like a podcast sandwich you've got the render distance for 10 or 15 minutes then you've got the traditional spawn chunks that you've been listening to for 100 episodes and then you've got the render distance outside uh post show uh, at the end and it's just it's a lot of fun i think you'll enjoy it i uh, i
0: expect a lot of our conversation next week will just be turning to what it's been like to have 100 episodes of a podcast and normally you know we we generally chat about whatever's going on in our lives and like whatever we've been up to other hobbies that kind of stuff and and sometimes we get a couple of prompt here and there from from the discord chat but i think it, it is largely next week going to be like well hey this is a celebration now instead of just doing the regular show which will be part mm-hmm. of it obviously yeah. but i think it's going to be nice to uh, chat about that outside of the context of well we're here to talk about minecraft so excited to release that to everybody for once so you guys can get a peek behind the scenes at what it's like to be a patron of the show speaking of minecraft what have you been up to this week man This week, I have done a lot of stuff in the Nether, as you might expect from the Nether update. Uh, The most recent thing I've been doing is taking over and restoring a treasure room bastion. Um, And that was something we talked about a little bit when the bastions came out, and we realized they were going to be these remnants, these ruins left behind in the nether and I thought that's gonna be a fun project at some point to just restore one of those build all the pathways back up made of blackstone take out all of the basalt and areas where it's supposed to have been crumbled down and try and arrange it into a more substantial structure so that's what I decided to do I'm doing a bit of interior decoration of it as well moving in some nether warp blocks that I'm using as carpet and a bit of the crimson wood as accent colors and things like that here and there actually discovering some really interesting building tips for example did you know that walls are transparent and will let light through i did actually because i've been using that trick (laughs) yes and and it's a very good one because you can now create areas that are you know three by three of wall that glows from the opposite side or at Mm -hmm. least maybe if not visibly glowing then it's at least letting light through so that you block mob spawns in the surrounding area and that turns out to be very useful when you're doing interiors especially if you've got thick enough walls that you can just spam torches behind there and then put up these half block partitions that walls are now because they all connect and you don't have gaps in them so i think those are a um a super useful uh thing to use when you're doing interior decoration stuff and i've started to do that in the bastion mainly by accident because there are sections of the bastion that have columns of lava running through them um, and you're not supposed to go through that area, but if you block it off with walls, it actually looks really great. Um, so I've been picking up a couple of tips like that. And I think I now have a more, uh, more of an appreciation for the deliberate ruining of Bastions. Like, it does seem to be quite systematic, as opposed to what I thought it was before, where... Um, they just kind of turned the randomness of removed blocks from the structure up to a certain threshold and then just like let the, the world generation algorithm do its thing. It seems to be more deliberate than that, the pieces that they're all made out of. And so that's quite impressive to me now, what they've done. And it does look really cool once you've restored it once you take out all of the the stuff that looks quote-unquote messy and it feels like more of an organized structure you still have to work with blackstone bricks being everywhere but in the context of the nether and the color harmony to you know pull a a phrase from your lexicon the color harmony that Mm -hmm. those blocks have with the blocks of the nether around them they feel a lot more at home there so i'm starting to feel a lot more at home there i'm having quite a lot of fun uh, the most recent thing I did there was converting the the magma cube spawner that's down there at the bottom underneath the hanging under the bridge into a farm, which I found a lot easier to do if you just block off all of the blocks around the spawner because magma cubes will spawn in any light level, so putting lights there doesn't help. Uh, but if you enclose the entire thing in a solid block and then build the farm structure around it, and then the last thing you do is remove all of the blocks around the spawner. You can set it up pretty well. And I've just got them chasing an iron golem down into a pit and then, you know, I can stand there with a looting sword whacking at them. They're all on slabs so they can't attack me because the the room overhead isn't high enough for them to be able to jump through. And I have a little XP farm and magma cream farm at the bottom of this this bastion that I'm slowly turning into a
1: home. Cool. No, I, I've, I've not... uh I've not physically been inside of a pickling bastion yet. I've seen server mates stream it, but I've not done it myself yet. We've only mm-hmm. found the one, and uh, the magma spawner was destroyed. So I do want to find an uh, uh, another one. Like a, a magma farm would be on my list, you know, of of, of farms to make in Minecraft. But
0: yeah, and and in yeah. in the spawner, it's not necessarily going to be as fast. I think as building a magma cube farm in a basalt delta if you have the opportunity to do that because Mm. i i I think the natural spawns there are just going to be a lot faster than waiting for the spawn cycle of a spawner block but uh obviously the amount of work you would have to do in spawn proofing the remaining area of the basalt delta so you had farm conditions inside the farm would be would be a a lot more work so i think it's kind of a a bit of a compromise there which way you want to go with it but it's it's been fun it's been a fun project trying to figure out how it was going to work uh, and obviously being so different to overworld spawners because you can't use water and magma cubes move in such a unique way compared to the other mobs that you get from spawners like blazes or zombies or whatever so having to apply a different set of rules to it but if you think of it as a hybrid of a slime farm and a mob spawner farm then you're halfway there and at that point really all you need is uh you know just a, a little bit of time a little bit of lava to push them into the right areas because lava can push fire resistant
1: mobs very easily now and uh it does the job it's pretty good i would i really want to try to do some stuff with lava pushing mobs because i've got a an old blaze farm design that relies um on the um nembon uh pathing mechanics you know yeah. um no no blocks to path to but the giant blo- blocks uh a b- block of blocks uh on the other side of your trap and it works but it's slow and i i feel like um to get things over to close where you can smack them with a sword um to if you can move blazes with lava then that would be great because the, it would be you'd be able to use both mechanics you know get them to the lava with the pathing and then use the lava to get them into your little tiny you know kill chamber sort of situation
0: yes uh Um, lava does move mobs pretty slowly i will give you that so it it is it is one of those things where as long as you remove them from the area around the spawner it's going to work a lot more efficiently because then they'll just respawn as soon as it realizes there isn't anything in the area and a spawn cycle can continue but yeah once you have them in the lava streams it moves at roughly the speed that everything else moves
1: in lava which is pretty slow Hmm. I and you'd have to also deal with the fact that you'd have to make sure that the drops are going to drop somewheres where there's no lava so that yes. you don't lose you don't lose anything i i still really feel like there needs to be a better technical way of moving things around in the nether i i would you know again modded minecraft is tempting me with any kind of nether mod that allows me to move items that aren't just like invisibly seeing them go in hoppers uh, i've uh, had a very technical mind lately for things and i just you know i love my water streams and my you know uh recently bopped into the um southport block bank basement which has the water-based sorting system underneath it um to grab some stuff on a stream and it's like man I, I really like it in here like when you put stuff into the bank like you can see it all flying around and i just i, I wish you could do cool stuff like that in the nether it would give me more fun interesting things to do rather than just a you know, big giant giant hallways and holes <laughs> yeah Um, speaking of though, that's kind of what I've been doing, uh, in, in, uh, the Citadel builds, uh, at the very bottom of the nether, uh, we are building the netherite hall and it's taking a much better shape now that I've, uh, dug out a a large portion of the 100 block by 17 block long, uh, hallway. Uh, Alistair is actually helping me out on stream the other day. Um, there's been a lot of multiplayer stuff happening on the Citadel lately. Like a lot of people chiming, like jumping on and doing projects together, jumping in kind of like discord chat and it's been really fun uh the the another update has kind of revitalized some people's interest in doing things together because they have bigger jobs you know more tedious things to get to from point a to point b and so it always goes a lot faster when you've got a friend to chat with and, and you've got some help um but uh i have been um on purpose building quite a lot with blackstone because uh again trying to shape my opinion of the block and uh, i've included a screenshot uh in the uh the discord chat for our live listeners as well as um i'll have it on the blog post as well and uh i'm pretty happy with it now big asterisks. i'm this is a dark bill like the the light currently is is got torches there but those are not going to be there it's going to be mostly lit from magma blocks and maybe a couple of lava streams in the walls so it's not going to be a very light build. So the level of detail you can see in the textures is going to be pretty minimal. Um, I'm discovering that I do like blackstone as you pull it out of the ground as a vertical texture. So yeah. I don't really like the top of it that much. It has some specific uses, but the side of it, if you create a wall of it, much like you when you line up Obsidian to do a um, nether portal, uh, I've got a couple of 3 by 3 vertical sections that I think are really, really worth it uh and uh, having the side texture there uh, looks pretty good as like a backdrop you can put other things on top of it like sconces and fire and torches and things uh, but then uh, the other part that i'm using the regular blackstone is in the form of stairs underneath pillars uh, and again minimal use you only really see the side um, until you get close enough that you see the top of the stairs because the top of the stairs have got a different texture than the sides um, I'm noticing that I can use polished blackstone, not in anything else, but next to basalt. It actually has the same color. Uh, and so you were talking earlier about color harmony in nether blocks. Um, so polished basalt doesn't really work because it gets too, too light. Uh, mm-hmm. But regular basalt has enough of a purple hue to it that the um, very purple Blackstone um, does sort of uh, jive well with it. Um, the other Blackstone clashes, it, it tends to be too dark. Uh, the, um, the other um, Blackstone variants like uh, bricks and other polished things uh, are a little bit more difficult to work with. So my opinion still stands that uh, two-thirds of the material that you can get from Blackstone the, the variations of different blocks is a kind of a missed opportunity i think uh to have a uh, uh something that jives a little bit better
0: yeah i would uh, i would still be kind of inclined to use a texture pack to create a black variant of natural stone from the overworld just to have yeah. something less noisy to work with but yeah i'm i'm finding ways to work with it and and like you i'm finding the natural black stone actually looks really good in natural builds and vertical builds there's a another screenshot that once again will be in the show notes for folks listening at home and is in the discord chat uh, for anybody listening live uh, where i've been working on a volcanic biome in the area surrounding my base in the minecraft survival guide world and that's mainly using the combination i mentioned an episode or two ago using shroom lights and magma blocks together to form the kind of a more static lava flow and a much more, a much less dangerous one, a much safer one. But then surrounding that with blackstone and then a layer of basalt around that and a layer of cobblestone around that and then natural stone beyond those boundaries. And seeing that combination of stuff come together and having blackstone basically border the magma river as it flows down from the top of this mountain, I think looks pretty good. Um, And it it adds a very nice gradient to the surroundings. And I've been trying to use gradient stuff like that more, especially after our conversation with Gemini Tay a few episodes ago. So I think using it for landscaping stuff like that still works pretty well. And Blackstone in a natural environment is looking better for me than using Blackstone for, you know, manual human construction kind of stuff. And now that I say human construction, I kind of wonder what it would look like in a more alien style of build. But uh, yeah, we'd... uh, We'd have
1: to see how that worked out moving on to the news we've got uh, java edition snapshot 20w30a modified how respawn positions are chosen for beds and respawn anchors respawn anchors will prioritize cardinal directions over corners beds will prioritize the side of the bed the player entered from and then spaces circling around the foot of the bed up to the head of the bed a little bit easier to see in a video but essentially they've streamline the way that respawning works uh respawning players will now face the block they respond at placing players onto dangerous blocks is now avoided when possible Uh, lanterns can now be waterlogged yay soul lanterns can now be waterlogged also yay Uh, tweaked the bastion remnant chest loot added enchanted gold axes uh, to all loot chests added cooked pork chop golden carrots golden apples diamond sword and diamond shovel for generic loot chests added enchanted golden apples and treasure room loose chests and adjusted the likelihood of certain items appearing chests in bastion remnants are now more likely to be located on top of gilded blackstone technical changes for the snapshot the sign edit screen will now initialize from exiting a sign text should have not um, not no noticeable impact excuse me on vanilla uh, tags can now be optional entries explained more in detail on the blog post at minecraft.net. Notable bug fixes this week are villagers often get stuck when trying to go through a door at the same time, villagers spam doors by opening and closing them really fast, and large end cities do not generate correctly or get cut off. That's specific to the snapshot. I think in 16.1 they're working fine, but in the snapshots they're currently not working. Mm -hmm. Another little anecdote, uh, which is worth checking out, it's a short uh, six-minute video, Dev Diaries number two. I'm not sure what number where number one went. I think number one might be counted as the trailer. Number um, one was about
0: Minecraft Earth, if I remember correctly. So it's not just about oh. Minecraft Java development or Bedrock development. It's kind of about developing Minecraft as a a, a whole category of products at this stage. But yeah, so, that was the Minecraft yeah, Earth one. N-
1: no apparent order to them and their youtube algorithm even when i went to the minecraft website or minecraft youtube channel didn't show me episode number one so man uh a little bit confusing however i did enjoy the dev diaries number two which involved uh talking about the nether sound uh which was very very cool i would highly recommend people check that out uh always cool to see behind the scenes um in my opinion the, the the dev diaries are a little bit on the light side i would like to do a little bit more detail uh, a little bit less scripted jokes but you know they're kind of hitting a mixed audience i think
0: yeah i th- i think they're aiming it towards younger kids and the same is true of the trailer that they had for um how we make minecraft which was another thing that we didn't cover last week but it came out roughly last week sometime uh where they are planning on making more of a a documentary style look at how minecraft is made but it follows the format of the 10 things you didn't know about minecraft videos where it's a little bit kind of jokey in its presentation. Uh, I think the subtitle for the series was something like a detailed guide on how to rip us off or something like that, which shows they've got a sense of humor about it. And it's it's kind of aimed, like you said, at a mixed audience. It's meant to uh, appeal to everybody from- younger players who probably don't care all that much about like the the coding side of things and the intricate sort of decision making and the reasoning behind some of this stuff to more adult players and people who have a bit more interest in the why of things rather than the how of things um is going to be it's going to be interesting to see what that turns out like in the end because the trailer seems to be taking a very light-hearted approach to it but i'd like to see how how serious and in-depth they get about all of it and how it differs from this dev diaries approach that they've already been taking
1: yeah, I I really enjoyed the Minecraft dungeons uh behind the scenes. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm thought, looking I'm looking forward to more.
0: I thought those were uh were a super interesting insight into the the process of making that game and it, it being an interesting kind of look at an individual minecraft product as opposed to yeah minecraft as a, a whole phenomenon as it is right now mm. uh, let, let's talk about this java edition snapshot though i uh, expect some of these features if they're not making it into bedrock edition beta will probably just come out in the next numbered release for bedrock edition as well um we've got stuff like uh, bed respawn positions being more accurate i think that's a good change it makes things a little bit more consistent and logical for the player and i feel like a lot of the bug fixes lately have been focused on making
1: things a bit more intuitive would you agree with that I agree yeah I, I think that um well it's not a terribly quote-unquote exciting change in the snapshot I think that they are not only just making things more consistent but then also documenting them like yeah. gi- giving them specific parameters um for one just basic player expectation And even if you don't make a note of where you spawn or how you spawn, it's just going to feel more consistent, I think, as a player. You might not realize it's happening, but you're going to notice it Um, in terms of just like a a feel, oh, this happened last time I'm in the same spot facing the same way, etc. I think that it will have more implications that I'm not really in tune with for things like map makers and minigame designers.
0: Yeah, I think it might also have some sort of uh, <laughs> some sort of impact in occasional devices that people make that are either intended to respawn them in an area where they can immediately right click on the bed that they were using so that they can constantly make sure they're sleeping if there's some sort of contraption they're running that needs to not happen during the night or something like that. There, there might be some things there that need to be adjusted. But I, I think the way they have done it doesn't seem to be going to break anybody's designs in particular i don't think it's necessarily that that much of a change i think it's just going to be more logical for players who want to get out of the bed on the right side i guess Um, something
1: something that i think is really interesting that would be fun and really only helps if like it's maybe that you died when you're respawning but uh i like the idea of um having your bed someplace, but then if you know you consistently respawn on this very specific block if you could do something like have a tripwire hook or something that allows that block to be then retracted by a piston and send you into a um automatic like minecart or teleportation device or like you know anything that kind of moves you around automatically just by respawning it's like well yes i've respawned i don't necessarily want to be here though i need to go immediately to my storage room you know or something like yeah. that. without depending on how you've got yourself set up you know if you weren't thinking ahead when you designed your original minecraft build you're just like well i'm respawning in this bed but it's miles from where i normally hang out and if i could just like respawn and then automatically be like slime block catapulted to where i need to be <laughs> i'm, I'm I think imagining be kind of fun.
0: i'm imagining like a wallace and gromit or thunderbird style yeah. goldberg machine approach to this whole thing and it's 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 very very fun um, other stuff lanterns and soul lanterns now being waterlogged obviously niche cases for these but I think a few people specifically wanted that as a thing and I, I don't think it does anybody any harm also allowing bushes. more uh, yeah, bushes
1: <laughs> waterlogged yet please Yang, bushes um,
0: it, it at least adds a little bit more variety to if people want to build like underwater ghost ship style builds or or something like that or if you're building a base where you want a variety of lighting choices because you've got conduit power nearby and your whole operation is underwater intentionally then yeah it's cool to have additional lighting options there and i don't think there was it wasn't doing anybody any harm nobody was relying on lanterns not being waterloggable so i think that makes perfect sense and the bastion remnant loot tweaks weren't included in the blog post but i thought i would outline what a few of those were here Uh, at least the ones i could see from looking at the tables on the minecraft wiki and just kind of playing spot the difference um and the likelihood of certain items appearing uh, in the loot chest is I think an adjustment to ancient debris being slightly more available from loot chests and bastions which kind of ties in a little bit to a discussion I want to have later in this episode about mm. loot chests and how to make them a little bit more worthwhile because it's still very rare that you end up getting something you want from a loot chest and with the structures being a little bit few and far between you said you'd only found one bastion so far yeah after yep. a month or a month or so of the nether update I think it's it's kind of interesting seeing how that loot is balanced versus its actual desirability, uh, which could be interesting. But now there's also the likelihood of getting enchanted golden apples in those treasure room loot chests, which makes sense because they're another golden item that the piglins would probably want. And it also means more of a chance of getting those in general now that they are only available as loot and they aren't able to be crafted in more recent versions of Minecraft. So I think that makes a lot of more sense. Uh, The big change I really feel like from this is chests and bastion remnants now being more likely to generate on top of gilded blackstone because that is a pretty tricksy way of mojang getting around the problem of players just breaking the block underneath a chest and placing a hopper because now if you break the block of gilded blackstone all the piglins in the area get alerted to you so there you go. that's actually a smart way of fixing that There are still ways around it, of course. A lot of people have said, well, just push the Blackstone block with a piston and stuff. Yes, but that is still, once again, encouraging players to take a slightly more inventive approach and forcing them to carry more stuff with them if they want to raid the Bastion successfully. Um, you could also maybe add another chest onto the side of a single chest, and if that goes over a block that you can break, then you can add a hopper to that one, double up on the chests. but then if you break that chest down again, that's when the piglins are going to get alerted again. So you have to prepare in advance a little bit more than you did previously, and I think it's, it's kind of cool that they
1: are taking that approach to it. I died to a piglin on stream, I think. Uh, I think it was on stream. Uh, and uh, I was wearing my gold helmet. I wasn't opening chests, and they got mad at me. I was like, what's going on? And I realized that uh, now, having this conversation, I mined gold nether ore, not gilded blackstone. I didn't realize that mining gold from the nether outside of bastions angered them. I knew the chests did. And so when I was out collecting my blackstone and basalt and um, putting it into the shulker boxes i was constantly checking around to make sure that what i could see were zombified piglin and not regular piglin yeah Not if you know they're coming it's actually not so bad um they still hit pretty hard even when you're because i'm just wearing elytra in the um but uh when you when you do fight them, if you've got an end leveled sword, like you're fine. It's one, two hits, maybe like they're, they're no harder than a zombie in terms of, in terms of that. It's when they drop in on you from above that you didn't know they were there and they hit you first and they get that extra hit in. Then it becomes a little bit of a tricky situation, especially because I wasn't at full health anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was, uh, the chat informed me, I think afterwards, like, oh, you got to be careful when you're mining. It's like, oh, because I was just like auto mining all the quartz, gold ore and you know blackstone and basalt that i could find in the immediate area uh, yeah because it's like oh shiny i want you know typical minecraft behavior and it, i was just like why, why did i get clocked from behind <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't understand what happened uh and uh it's because of the the gilded or not gilded. so not gilded blackstone sorry it was um just regular what's it called just gold ore in the, in the it's, nether? it's
0: nether gold ore so nether it's, gold it's, ore yeah yeah the, the type of stuff that generates looking like netherrack with gold pieces in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so so um Succeed. The bug, the bug fixes, we'll skip over the technical changes because I don't think either of those are things I can explain, uh, but like I said, there, there are going to be examples on the blog post that will, uh, will clue you into that if you're interested in the technical changes. Uh, the bug fixes I quite liked because it seemed to be a villager politeness update. Uh, villagers not trying to wrestle through the same door at the same time and spamming doors so they make that awful loud noise when they're just standing next to a thing and trying to go in and out of the house. Um, I thought that was kind of funny that those two fixes lined up to make dealing with villagers a slightly more pleasant experience.
1: I think it's one of those things, it's like when your fridge turns off, you don't notice that it was on until it's off. And yes. everyone, I think, has just gotten so used to the eye roll of the villager opening and slamming the door constantly, <laughs> yeah. where it yeah. happens and you go, really Minecraft? Okay. And you just yeah, kind of yeah. keep on going. People that have the old fashioned villager trading halls or perhaps the really old um, uh, iron golem farms where there was a lot of doors <laughs> yes uh, yeah, might, yeah. might be more attuned to this issue if you were not smart enough to build that far enough away from your base that you can't hear it um i remember in my original um uh, minecraft world when i was exploring different mechanics and stuff like that 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 hearing that constantly where they're like a villager was stuck somewhere or whatever and and they were constantly opening and shutting the door and it's oh my gosh it was just it was one of those things where it's like well this game's not perfect obviously you know um but I, i think that that goes a long way too i think people will enjoy the smoother um pathing and door mechanics for villagers
0: Well, let's move on to emails for this week. If you'd like to email the show, uh, and we have an an email, I think, lined up already for our episode 100 discussion, but we're always looking for more stuff that can add to the episodes. The email address is spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. And we've got a couple of emails to get into this week. Uh, I think one of those is going to be folded into your discussion for the kind of roundtable segment later on. But in the meantime, why don't you read this first email here?
1: This one comes from Sky Faziz a uh, better optimization than Optifine. Hi Johnny and Joel. I recently came across a fabric mod mod called Sodium and it supposedly works even better than Optifine. The only downside I have seen so far is that it does not offer as much customization as Optifine is able to give you. It potentially gives you almost twice the amount of frames uh Optifine is able to provide. That is what a render distance uh sorry that is with a render distance set to 16. Vanilla gives roughly 90 for fps. I don't know if that's true, but with Optifine uh, running it gives you a 150 fps but with sodium it's able to give you 290 fps a lot of numbers um, But ultimately the message here is that it's get better performance to the sodium Uh, And just to top it all off you combine sodium with a mod called phosphor and the chunks load incredibly fast Just wanted to give you guys a heads up and maybe this can help Joel play Minecraft without getting ill Cheers from Norway sky Uh, We also had an email from Oberon I hope I'm pronouncing that right Uh, also recommending that I try fabric slash sodium uh and the email is a bit anecdotal uh the numbers are a a little bit based on you know really what machine you're running yeah it's going to depend on your your
0: individual hardware isn't it yeah
1: Yeah. i have some hard evidence though uh and just in my experience in that uh optifine is currently still not finished for 16.1 the last time i checked it uh and i have not been able to go along with the preview version so when i play minecraft i have this frame setter we all know about and it causes me to not be able to play Minecraft for very long. Uh, uh, It's not an enjoyable experience. So uh, through the recommendation of some some people that emailed in, again, thank you very much, I I decided to try out Fabric and add some different uh, optimization things. One of the things I was trying was Optifabric, which allows you to use Optifine within Fabric. Still couldn't use the latest preview versions. They were causing the same issues that I was experiencing. So, but preview version two for 16.1 seemed to be the best. Not perfect, but it was getting me where I wanted to be in terms of removing my frame stutter and making things a little bit easier on the eyes. However, this weekend, I did two sizable Minecraft streams running Fabric without Optifine. Optifine and Optifabric have been discontinued for Fabric compatibility. You can no longer use Optifine with Fabric unless someone picks up the mantle of the Optifabric um, mod. I am, however, running three performance-based mods uh, sodium lithium and phosphor sodium replaces optifine quote unquote uh the details on on the uh cursed forge uh website basically talk about frame performance frame stutter reduction is like the second point of the things that it does and i'm telling you it does it works uh lithium is for things like physics in the game mob ai and block tracking so think like you have a lot of redstone farms a lot of items and then phosphor is specifically for lighting so I'm running all three I have not tested with just one I just kind of like said well these look like they're all doing different things I'll put them in my kitchen sink of mods and see if this works Uh, turns out I don't have a frame setter anymore Uh, it's fantastic I I don't have to run off to fine. Uh, Sodium does not have nearly the amount of customization. They're right. It's like fog on off. There's no fog distance setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is um, very little in terms of animation, customization, that kind of thing. However, uh, I normally hover around like 60 FPS, give or take, um, because of the way that the system is working. I never saw it dip below 75. Uh, I wasn't checking. I was just kind of going on player experience and whether or not I was getting a headache within 20 minutes, and uh, I felt that it was pretty smooth. And I'm in a netherrack cave. Like I could basically not pick a worse place to try and stream for the weekend. So I kind of stress tested it both in location uh, and and what I was doing. And um, I thought it was great. Um, I I would encourage people to try it, like download Fabric and and try some of these mods yourself rather than relying on anecdotal YouTube, you know, reports because everybody's going to have a different machine, especially people that are creating videos you know, on YouTube. They generally have a beefier computer than the average person. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that trying Fabric, especially if you're on an older system, it might end up working out good for you. Um, I do have some quality of life uh, mods in there, which are really nice. Um, OptiFine, of course, a lot of people, especially content creators, like the zoom function. Uh, Logical Geek Boy, who's been on the show before, uh, has Logical Zoom, a uh, plugin for Fabric, sorry, a, a mod for Fabric, that basically just does one thing: it gives you the zoom. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the same. It's the same hotkey. Uh, he adds a little bit more functionality for content creators, um, for like the slow, um, slow camera move. Um, I'm also using the Shulker Box tooltip, which uh, Azumavoid has talked about on his channel before. And really, it, again, it doesn't change the gameplay, it just lets you look inside a Shulker Box without placing it down and opening it up. Uh, and when you're in game Minecraft with a Ender Chest full of Shulker Boxes and you need to know which of these three white ones is the right one, I feel like it's, it's a nice little um, quality of life tweak. Um, but I'm going to be do, doing further testing. Uh, I do notice that with the phosphor lighting, Minecraft looks a little bit different, and I don't know if it's better or worse. It just feels smoother, which could be just, you know, the way that Minecraft should be lit. I don't know. Um, But uh, I am going to try reducing the mods and seeing if any one mod is really changing the way that the game is working for me. Uh, I've got a funny feeling that sodium is the one that is more than likely causing the best kind of performance uptick um i don't know if lithium and sodium are conflicting they the nice thing about these mods for fabric is that rather than being a kitchen sink they tend to focus on one thing so sodium is like performance based lithium is more like in-game stuff like block tracking and mob ai and then Phosphor is just lighting. And Phosphor kind of goes out of their way in their description to say like, we don't do anything else, we just mess with lighting. So if lighting is your issue, this is the mod that you should try. So, I don't know, uh, I, again, while I'm happy to be able to play Minecraft at a, at a rate that doesn't give me a headache, uh, I also feel like my 2019 November computer should be running Minecraft, no problem, uh, on its own. Um, But they're good solutions. Uh, Thank you very much to the people that wrote in and suggested Fabric and Sodium. Um, So far, it's solved my immediate problems and I'm back to streaming for longer periods and and feeling good about it. So I very much appreciate the input.
0: I think that's the best outcome that it could possibly have been is just like making sure that you are back in a position where you don't have to worry about frame stutter issues anymore. You don't have to worry about getting motion sickness every time you play. And it's always interesting when new versions of stuff like this comes out when new optimization mods come out because you must you have to imagine that they are compromising something somewhere otherwise you expect that the java development team talented programmers that they are might be able to implement something like this themselves and you wonder why they haven't and so i do wonder what aspects of minecraft it has to compromise or quite how those optimizations are being made in ways that they haven't been already but i don't know very much about development in general and i don't know what the java team has priority over and what you know they're they're leaving open for the future by leaving some of this code maybe less optimized than it could potentially be through community effort Um, or if they want to leave those options open to the community to optimize the game in certain ways that the java team doesn't want to I, i don't know i i'm not certain how that all works but it's great that it does i have had several people inform me about using sodium and I personally have no problem using Optifine and it's a one, you know, a one mod solution to all of my problems without having to run fabric and all of the other stuff attached to it so I don't see the need to switch myself. But the fact that it's enabling you to play Minecraft to a quality that you weren't able to get before by either having the vanilla game or having Optifine, that's very good news to me. yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of buzz around this lately um, and so maybe just a couple of well-placed social posts and, and on forums and stuff like that is is spreading this one like wildfire, but it does seem to be very much like the flavor of the week and hopefully if it means Minecraft is more accessible to people then then great. Um, I've, I've definitely heard people with older hardware especially, like old laptops and stuff, saying I can finally get above 30 FPS when I play Minecraft. I was looking at more yeah. like 10 to 15 and nobody mm-hmm. wants to play a slideshow. Um, so yeah it's if it's if it makes minecraft more playable for you then great. I assume um, you're losing some of the other stuff Optifine gives you like shader support uh, and stuff like yeah. that like extra anti-aliasing options and things like that I imagine might be more taxing on the system anyway but aren't naturally integrated into something like sodium.
1: There's a lot of stuff that was the same in terms of like, you know, map settings. And uh, I think I don't know if anti-aliasing was there. I mean, basically, I went into the sodium settings and just everything was on. Uh, Yeah. And that's and that's fine. Uh, Unfortunately, not all of these mods give you options. It's more like if you want to tweak them, you have to get into the code. Uh, Yeah, it's like like config stuff
0: rather than like options menu.
1: Mm -hmm yeah the, the developers don't necessarily give you an options menu although they are there so for example the shulker box tooltip has its own little options menu which allow you to change the hotkeys uh you know left or right hand it like gives you some options there because in case you have a, like a key conflict that you don't want to use shift yeah. to see inside of a shulker box that sort of thing um which is great um but what i what i think was interesting about the the mods is that it's really i mean you have to download optifine and install it and then it gives you a drop down in your minecraft launcher Installing Fabric, there's only one extra step. You just have to install the Fabric API in the mods folder. That's it. Uh, and then anything you just you wanted to, ins- quote unquote, install, all you do is drag the mod file into the mod folder. Mm-hmm. And so it's not more complicated than, than Optifine, which is good. And Fabric and the Fabric mods were updated to sixteen one like the week it came out. Yeah. so that that kind of um you know speed for development might might be uh having me switch over there I, I am missing my connected textures uh there is a connected texture mod that i found for fabric but it seems to conflict with sodium so the connected texture thing that you get with optifine is is obviously a little bit um tricky and missing currently for me uh which i do miss because my nether hub looks really weird with like a tron grid floor yeah um, and then the, what was the other thing that I, oh, I haven't tested it because I haven't been in the modern city, but the um, tables and chairs data pack that I use for, for tables and chair model, uh, models for the city, um, that would be not working because that that relies on optifine and Mm so i i might have some choices to make later on um i might it it might be something where i end up using fabric for those weeks when we wait for optivine to get optimized i don't know um but again it's it's one of those things that is specific to me but i think there's enough people out there that might be dealing with like slower um minecraft performance that it was worth sharing
0: yeah yeah and definitely worth a try that that's ultimately what it comes down to is making minecraft an enjoyable experience for you and if uh, Sodium and the other mods we've mo- we talked about are the ones to do that, then then great. And uh, and happy crafting to all of you. Let's get into the roundtable for this week. We haven't done a, a proper roundtable discussion where we've each brought a topic for a little while, it feels like, because there's been so much else going on with, you know, the ramp up to 116 and then obviously 116 being out and everybody wanting to talk about the Nether update. But I feel like things are, the hype is dying down a little bit now. Things are starting to ease into the, the you know, week to week, month to month. Uh, cycle of how Minecraft operates the rest of the time and so I thought it was going to be kind of fun to bring the roundtable format back and talk about little things that have been on our minds lately and since this is also linked to an email how about you kick us off
1: sure Uh, I uh, received an email um, talking about something that I actually have been thinking about for quite some time Uh, this is from marco89lcdm teleport time saver hi johnny and joel i've noticed on the azuma episode that joel said that the citadel uh has some tp command blocks teleport command blocks in order to travel from point to point because the adult player needs to have free time to do adult things i'm really glad to hear this because i've been feeling bad using some commands on my single player world most of the tp commands uh, in order to save me some time i am a 31 year old father of three wonderful children and have a full-time shift job Ie, they have no time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I would love to hear your opinion on this matter. Do you consider that cheating? Knowing that all the grindy stuff in Minecraft is done, legi- le- excuse me, legitimately. I can't speak today. Uh, but some of the most time-consuming things, like traveling or locating good terrain generations or structures, have been done with some quote-unquote help. Uh, absolutely love the show. Keep up the hard work, uh, marco89lctm. Uh, thanks so much for a great email. And this kind of brings me into uh, the topic that I wanted to put uh, out there in terms of the teleporting command block specifically, but also other time saver things that kind of kind of delves into a little bit more of like the looking up seed maps on on wiki uh, or on online and trying to figure out where biomes are, that kind of thing. Um, getting this question a lot on my Twitch channel because of running fabric and... Uh, because of doing some teleportation when i do want to show off the city really quickly i do have a, a teleport button essentially at our world hub that takes me four thousand blocks away to the city um which allows me to show it off on stream in three minutes <laughs> as yeah. opposed to flying there or walking there in the nether um first up no i don't think utilizing teleport commands is quote unquote cheating Uh, as Johnny said just a few minutes ago, craft the way you want to craft, play the game you want to play. Everyone plays this game a a different way. Um, while command blocks are not in the vanilla survival gameplay mode, they are part of the vanilla game. It's not a mod. They are part of Minecraft. And I think utilizing them, uh, is just another way to craft in Minecraft. The difference is that you're graduating from doing redstone contraptions to actually doing some programming within Minecraft's internal programming language to do something that you want to do. Um, There is a whole world of command blocks that I don't understand, but I'm familiar enough with the teleport command to kind of get in here and and talk a little bit about it. I really enjoyed learning the different um, syntax and the different things that you could do. I thought you could just teleport yourself. I didn't know that you could not only change the way that you're looking, but also the angle that you're looking. So if you have some specific storytelling you want to do if you want to teleport someone to a room where they're looking at a monument you can actually do that Um, that was news to me when i set up the command blocks on the citadel to do the teleporting thing Uh, so i think that um having the the teleport command uh in the in a command block in a world that utilizes it is is something that everybody just has to make that choice you know if it it might be a server where it's hard rules no command blocks everything is done the old-fashioned way um at which point you know either choose to or not to play on that server that sort of thing but if it's your own single player world like you're not going to have any fun if you spend three hours looking for a biome that you can't find uh and that is the only three hours that you had to play minecraft for the entire week like that just sucks right it's not a feel-good experience Um, yeah so
0: entirely agree
1: (laughs) yeah and and so ahead of all of this too like on the citadel granted I did kind of choose a random seed I typed in a a known address and and used that seed to um that seed information to then get the seed that we're playing on I also took a look at it on on a midst on a java mapping tool and I took a look at it on I can't remember what the name of the mapping website was but there's several they're easy to find yeah Um, mine atlas
0: or chunk base or one of those basically
1: yeah one of those um I I wasn't you know like i was specifically specifically looking for you know biomes i wanted to make sure that we weren't miles from a desert that we weren't miles from a mesa that we weren't miles from a, a ice spikes, because i wanted to do some technical stuff everybody likes glass early in the game and you don't want to be stuck without it for a long time i i feel like you know that kind of a search just kind of set up the server for pleasant gameplay and success and people wanting to play around and having some fun um so i don't consider that cheating either um you have to look at the wiki for a lot of stuff it's better now than it used to be but you still have to look at the wiki for a lot of stuff in minecraft so again does looking up something on the wiki included in the survival gameplay no but it's part of the game it's part of the minecraft experience i think um on the citadel one of the ways that i've got around having this feel out of place is by building my own portals so when you go to the center of our world uh, on the overworld there are man-made stone and glass doorways quote-unquote that look like portals they've just got stone buttons at the bottom of them that you have to press and i could change that to a pressure plate later on if i wanted to Um, but what it means is that it feels like as a player that you're going to a special location and that is the only way that you can you know teleport to this new new place Um, currently that's just a button Uh, we're thinking about in the future um, as we go to the medieval districts and some other places that are farther away to try and jumpstart the economy on the server we're thinking about having it cost something whether that's diamonds or something else so that you can't just bop back and forth at will you know you kind of have to have at least a little bit of a price to pay Uh, so you rather than just having a button to activate your teleport command what about creating a redstone device where you have to insert a special object you know whether that's you know a diamond or uh, a block of emerald ore or like whatever it is i know you winced at that picture. service i'm sorry um mm-hmm. uh just you have like you can do things to make it feel less like quote-unquote cheating to you um one of the examples that i really like is that on the realm of vastin uh they include the teleport commands in sailing ships and then there's a copy of the sailing ship at your destination so it's seamless you don't look you know it doesn't feel like you've moved until you leave the ship and you realize that you're in a different city port which is really cool uh and a really ingenious way of including the teleport command for the same reason vastin is a bunch of busy adults that you know need to be able to have lives outside yeah. of minecraft and so i mean that's that's kind of a, an initial discussion so um, how, where do you lie on this uh johnny like where do you feel the the teleport command lies in the minecraft experience
0: when it comes to cheating the question you've always got to ask yourself is who are you cheating you know what i mean like it, it, it the, the whole classification of it as cheating i think personally is kind of a misguided one and is there as part of a legacy of you know console commands being part of cheats in the grander scheme of video gaming culture it's yeah. not like you're entering a cheat code like the kind of konami code up down left right select whatever it is you know i i think i think the way you've got to you've got to look at cheating from the perspective of like who is being disadvantaged here who are you cheating out of something if you are doing this and like, uh, at what point do you weigh that up? I-, I think, especially when it comes to, you know, having to spend time with your kids and at your job and then having a fun Minecraft experience on top of that, I think, in a way, if you were to spend the amount of time it took to go from place to place instead of teleporting, you are then cheating yourself out of time spent with your kids. <laughs> you know? is the way I-, I-, I like to think about it. it. It really comes down to, like, who stands to lose anything from that and if you are teleporting yourself around and giving yourself resources and stuff but then you are lying to people by saying you're not doing that i feel like that's a different story because then you are withholding the truth from people and you are representing it as something that it is not but then like i i don't think that's going to be the case with worlds like this where really you're just in it to have a fun gameplay experience and minecraft is At its core a sandbox whether you play the survival game or the creative game it is up to you how you play and if you want to have a world that you switch from survival to creative so you do some stuff in survival and creative still a completely valid way to play minecraft i think ultimately it just comes down to like you know who is being cheated here and does that ultimately matter in your experience of the game if you if you play in a community of people if you play on a server and you are using cheats unbeknownst to the rest of the server and you are still claiming to play the same game everybody else is playing, that's wrong. And that's an example of where cheating has a negative effect on the community as a whole. But if cheating in this case can have a positive effect on your own life and it's just a single player world where there aren't really any stakes beyond your own enjoyment of the game, that really shouldn't matter to anybody. And if it does, I feel like those people need to re-examine their own priorities because, you know, ultimately people calling you out for teleporting around in your world what does it matter to them unless you are somehow representing your world as somewhere that you don't teleport at all you know like it, it, yeah. it, you're not lying to yourself by saying yeah i teleport around in my survival world just because it takes it, it, it's easier for me to do that sometimes if i just want to get home so i can log out of minecraft and go and take my kids to the park like that's that's fine by me i, ha- I have no problem with that whatsoever and yeah, I, I, mean, don't, I don't think anybody should
1: if we're going to be playing on words, I mean, like if you're spending all this time in Minecraft walking around, I mean, are you cheating your family out of time that you could be spending with I them mean, yeah. by not not installing a, a teleport block? And and the, the thing too is that like, there's a lot of stuff out there. Like, I mean, we just finished talking about Optifine and, and client side mods that improve the experience. People use Optifine all the time. Technically that's modded Minecraft, but people, yeah. especially content creators use it so often to get better production rates other videos to get the zoom key which is incredibly handy as a content creator to point stuff out. Uh people just accept it as like that's just normal. Uh, to the point where people install Minecraft and they go, "How come I can't zoom?" And then somebody is like, "Oh, that's that's not part of the game. You have to install that separately." You know, like it just people just assume that it's all part of the experience. Um I really feel like they they should change the allowed cheats button text they've done so much text changes and menu changes lately and they just won't change that allow cheats button to like allow commands button i think it just it creates a whole other context and and just emotional experience of calling it do you use commands or not versus do you cheat or not i think that's a very different um in the english language that has two very different meanings Um, yes it's, a, it's plus, a loaded term
0: at this point, yeah. Yeah,
1: and and sometimes we get, you know, well, I say sometimes, we get a lot of email from people asking, like, what do I build next? I don't know what to do. Well, if you're in a position where um, teleport blocks might be something that you want to use to stay on the same server, have the endgame experience, but branch out and do new things, they create all kinds of opportunities to, if you feel a little bit bad about using the teleport block, create more work for yourself by incorporating them into the world creatively. Maybe there's ships like Unvastin. What about trains? What about airships? What about a Star Trek transporter room? Like you can do some cool stuff. Like now that I've kind of gotten over the fact, cause I struggled with this at first about putting teleport blocks on the Citadel. Um, when we do our sci-fi section, we are putting teleport blocks everywhere because mm-hmm. that's just going to be cool. Uh, we might even try to incorporate some custom sounds. Maybe not Star Treky stuff cause it's probably copyrighted, but like we might have some cool sci-fi teleport port zoom noise that allows us to go and and teleport Uh, you can create really cool things one of the things that i was thinking about was creating a maybe like a drop shaft somewhere on the server doesn't matter under the ocean somewhere and instead of just teleporting yourself from point a to point b teleport yourself to the top of the drop shaft have you drop through what appears to be time and space like a uh, rainbow bridge from Thor, like when they use the, the, the rainbow bridge, the bifrost. Um, Yeah. the Bifrost. Yeah. Um, you know, thank you, uh, to, to do something that, like that kind of experience. So you have all these blinky lights that flash by. And then when you hit the bottom or, you know, you teleport through whatever you can, you can, um, have that experience of going to the next place. And it's all creative. It just makes more stuff for you to do and more stuff for you to create in in Minecraft. And I I think that opens up a world of of good. Also remember fast travel has been in video games forever. Yeah. Uh, You very often have to unlock it. Like usually you have to walk the distance first, but then after you're there, you can unlock a flight path or a fast travel node, or depending on the game, a really good example is World of Warcraft. I used to love walking around World of Warcraft at first. (laughs) And then, and then I enjoyed being able to go up and get coffee when I was flying on a Griffin from halfway across the continent, and so you know that kind of stuff I think uh, is has been part of games for a long time. So don't don't beat your up, yourself up about it.
0: Definitely, definitely, hard agree.
1: So what uh, what topic do you have to the table this week?
0: This week I'm gonna talk about loot chests, and we talked a little bit about loot being rebalanced in uh, this week's snapshot, and I. I have a pitch for you, more than a discussion topic. I want to talk about how to add value to loot chests. With the problem being that loot chests, in, in terms of what you get from them, their value decreases over time. Uh, there are very few few things in Minecraft that can only be obtained in one way, and so players often have easier or more reliable ways to find the stuff that you acquire from loot chests. And obviously, if you're just starting out, uh, if you're, you know, in early game still... Loot chest can be a huge boon to you if you find the right stuff. If you find some diamonds when you're exploring your first nether fortress, that's some diamonds that you didn't have before. In the nether survival experience I had, I relied on loot from bastions to be able to get diamond anything in the first place. And so that stuff can be incredibly useful. But over time, by the time you're at end game, there are very few things left which hold genuine value and there is less uh, desire to go exploring. Ancient debris and netherite are an example of one thing which is possible to get through loot chests, which still has value to players right now. Uh, But your chances of finding it as loot, even though they have been boosted slightly in the latest snapshot, are still slim enough that the thrill of raiding those loot structures doesn't necessarily balance out the effort required when you could just go mining below lava lakes, and if you're careful, then you can acquire vastly more ancient debris than you ever would raiding structures you might have slightly less fun or it might just be you know a a quick dash in dash out on any bastions that you find you might find that gets as repetitive as mining after a while i don't think it balances out the effort required the other thing being elytra which is of course immensely valuable only obtained through uh, going out and getting raiding end city ships uh, but can be lost and on multiplayer servers especially Uh, Elytra are relied upon so much that you often have people installing data packs that allow you to get Elytra a different way, either by changing the the Ender Dragons loot tables, or I think you said on Vast and they had a way to craft them using Phantom Membrane so that you yes, at least had some, eff- some effort was involved, but then if you wanted to catch up to other players on the multiplayer server, you could do so very easily. You also have people resetting the end, which there isn't a way to do in-game, so you have to edit the world files in order to make sure that Elytra is accessible to everyone. Um, and so that presents the other problem of something being scarce enough and losable enough <laughs> that you end up with... Um, you know, a, a bit of an imbalance there as well. And I've come up with a solution which might be a little controversial and some people might not care about, but I think is an interesting way of making sure loot chests are going to be kind of fun for people to go out and get, regardless of what stage they are in the game. And the solution to my mind is cosmetic items. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, you see people still putting in microtransactions in free-to-play games so that they can buy cosmetic stuff, right? Cosmetic stuff still holds this kind of inherent value because it allows you to be a bit more unique. And one, when you are at endgame, or even when you're first starting out the game, the elements of Minecraft that allow you to be unique, i.e. your player skin, quickly gets covered up by armor that always looks the same. So I think cosmetic items which affect your armor, your tools, your elytra, stuff like that could actually be kind of awesome. And... This goes beyond the kind of stuff they're currently doing with the Bedrock Edition character creator because the character creator gives you options to change your skin, but once again, that stuff gets covered up by armor as you play. And I feel like cosmetic items ultimately are desirable at every level of gameplay because they do not affect gameplay at all. So it's not the kind of thing that it is necessary for you to get any other way by going mining for it or whatever because you're not necessarily going to need it as such. But then when you find it in a loot chest, you know, you can call them loot boxes at this point if we want to draw the microtransaction route, but it's, I think it's kind of fun to find stuff like that. The examples I'm going to use, inspired by two things, uh, the Quark mod by Vazki and Minecraft Dungeons. Now Minecraft Dungeons, as we're aware at this point, has a whole bunch of different sets of armor, all of which look very unique, and they're all quite in-world feeling for Minecraft. You have like a thief set of armor that has like a more of a robe style thing with a hood, and there's a unique variant of that one that has a spider head on it that looks super cool. You've got full plate armor, you've got more archery based armor, stuff like that. I would absolutely love there to be cosmetic items which are not necessarily part of a texture pack, that are like in-world things that you can go out and find, which you can then add to some sort of cosmetic menu and change the way your armor looks. And I think that could allow players to customize themselves in ways that the skin creator doesn't really allow for once you're using uh, custom armor. And yes, could be done with a texture pack, but then it's something that if it's in-game, if it's baked into the system, then everyone will be able to see it and it'll allow you to feel more unique in those situations. Giving players an incentive to raid structures looking for items like this to looking to maybe complete the full set of something if it affects each piece of armor individually uh i think would be a really fun challenge on the flip side looking at the example from quark uh quark has this thing with runes where you find colored runes occasionally in loot chests they're quite rare i'm not sure exactly what chests you find them in or if it's just a random scattering but that allows you to change the uh glint color of the enchantment glow uh so it goes through the entire spectrum of available Minecraft colors, the 16 colors that you get. So if you want a fire aspect sword that glows orange, if you find an orange rune, you can have that. 1000% yes. Especially right now with netherite armor, I think being kind of covered up by the purple glow that you have, I really feel like you could add a lot to the game if you could customize the enchantment color from within the game itself. And I think ultimately that lends a little bit more desirability to loot chests At all stages of the game, because you end up with a library of cosmetic items that maybe you could add to some sort of customization menu so that once you've collected them once, you don't have to worry about losing the item itself. You just end up being able to swap those in and out at will. Or alternatively, maybe you end up with that being a very special, unique piece of armor to you and it just adds value. And if you lose it, it becomes all the more disappointing or all the more kind of frustrating, but that adds to the emotional experience you're having of the game. Um, I know some people aren't going to care about cosmetic items, they're going to find that kind of thing doesn't appeal to them, but I feel like the the option is there and the kind of stuff that I'm seeing in Minecraft Dungeons where you can really kind of customize your player is really appealing to me at this point. So I'd like to know if people uh, think the same. How about you, Joel? What, what do you think about the idea of adding cosmetic items to loot?
1: I really like the idea of bringing over like examples from Minecraft Dungeons, especially because with them when we talked about earlier about minecraft like as a, as a whole you know my Mo, mojang is talking about minecraft as a whole in these dev videos it would be really cool to see unique armor items uh, i i've been messing around with my own textures for armor for a long time but i run into that same problem i then have to make sure everybody else on the server has access to that that um, texture pack when it's done you know and and that everybody likes it you know like i i wonder if there could be something done with a data pack? Because I know the data packs can affect loot tables, right? Yeah. So the combination of a data pack and and a custom texture pack might be able to give you some variations on armor. I know it works with blocks for variations, but I don't know how that works with armor. Um, I've been wanting something like, you know, different armor for a long time, uh, especially with the geometry of it. Like, I feel like just the color change is not enough. Like, it'd be nice if you have, like you mentioned, um, like a full plate armor face mask from dungeons um that would be awesome like i mean because then you could totally hide your face you know you could if you wanted to you could have like this mask on and i feel like it could be um could be cool in that way i um, there was something that i was talking about either on stream or on this show a long time ago about like having enchanted armor like um not only uh could these cosmetic things be be cool looking but they could also have like fire aspects um and what happens to your armor if you equip all five pieces or or, uh five no four pieces uh, of fire resistant armor like does it look different when you have a full set you know yeah Um, that could be you know like or um again um we have um you know different game modes to consider like um pvp you know in survival sure having cosmetic stuff is fun but in pvp having uh i don't know a swiftness helmet or swiftness boots that very clearly have the model of a wing on the side of them if you're chasing someone you can be visually you can go oh they have swiftness on their boots and that informs you the player what you're dealing with in a pvp situation yeah Um, so like there's yeah like there's lots of different ways that i think that um that this could be implemented but I, i like i like the idea of like your combination of cosmetics To make loot tape to make um, um, like dungeon loot more appealing, but then that also encourages more exploration
0: yes yeah exactly and and that's the reason these dungeons exist in the first place is for players to go out there and find them i think there is something to be said for a collectability aspect of it which you find on servers which have the more mob heads data pack as an example like going out and finding all of those becomes a fun challenge they're cosmetic you're not really going to use them for all that much you might use them to label chests and things like that but it's going to give players another collect up kind of aspect to the game which I think seems kind of cool. And I think it might already be possible to do stuff like this with Optifine, because I think like we were saying earlier, there are certain data packs that allow for visual stuff to have you know synergy with Optifine. So if you have an enchantment on a certain type of armor, or if you rename armor a certain thing, then Optifine can pull a texture from files in your resource pack that you can then load into the game. And maybe some more exaggerated and interesting block models can be used there but having it in the vanilla game while it might add a little bit of bulk to the vanilla game just adds that layer of customizability that might be what minecraft is missing for some people and you could have that apply almost like the villager overlays do where when a villager changes profession the base layer remains the same but they get the uniform and stuff on top of that they get the outfit of their profession on top of that the same could go for the textures of you know your leather through netherite helmets you know it can all be the same block model but then have different stuff added to it maybe you know glowing lines could overlay on top of it or something like that and it it could it could feel just customizable enough that you end up with something that looks unique and allows you to feel unique next to all of the other people wearing netherite and elytra (laughs) i think it's uh It's something that we've already seen start to spin out into players having to wear gold now in the nether and and the 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 kind of customization that that causes do i go with helmet do i go with boots you know at what point do i you know bother with swapping out any of my my items what do i actually want my outfit to look like do i care about the kind of cohesive look of it or not and i think adding a few more customization options like that through cosmetic items like that would be just a fun tweak which would mean people would be more encouraged to go out and explore
1: i yeah i'd be i'd be curious especially with things like multiple elytra you know like you mentioned that as you know an in-game item that is very rare and people you know often reset the nether to to get more of it and um vast in having a custom crafting recipe like having custom models um and you could even like if you have a custom model for Elytra or multiple custom models, rather than it just being like, you know, a collectible thing, you could include it in some sort of either achievement um, or advancement or um, just even just a, a crafting combination. Like, well, if if you, if you have Elytra similar to, well, for example, similar to what they've done with Netherite, right? Like you have to have a diamond pickaxe and then you have to find all the Netherite and then you have to add the Netherite to the pickaxe. Uh, and then it just pops out as a brown pickaxe. Uh, it, if you were doing that some say with like elytra and the different combinations like if you put if you've managed to find elytra and you managed to find another right ingot uh and you had i mean one other item i mean pick something from minecraft you know um end rod or um magma cream or something that's a little bit more rare you know to find or harder to craft early game and you combine those to uh, on on the uh, on an, uh, a crafting bench um to get a new elytra doesn't change the functionality it still works like everyone else's except for maybe it's dragon wings i don't know you know like just you could do something cool like that in game that would incentivize players to do to do more stuff and and have more of that um collectible collectible feature we have um a couple of players on the citadel have custom elytra uh, textures uh whenever i'm on alistair's stream i have buzz lightyear wings (laughs) (laughs) nice it's kind of it's kind of fun because that's not what i look like when i on my on my texture pack i didn't make it i wish i did but uh, i have like a a tech it looks like a kind of looks like the vulture from spider-man that's kind of what my elytra look like uh on on mine but i've always found that the elytra model lacks in my opinion like it's it's flat it's a single polygonal plane like it's really rough compared to some other stuff in minecraft um the way that the to kind of give you some ideas the way that the tables and chairs data pack works it's a combination data pack and resource pack so the data pack side assigns i want to say it's called custom model data i could be wrong tech people um forgive me But essentially, uh, every time you flick a trapdoor, it assigns a different custom model data value to that trapdoor. And Mm -hmm. you can, through programming, assign as many as you want, two, five, seven, whatever. And so I then went in and created the models. So uh, Chuck Chuck had already made the models. I changed them to be more simple, more vanilla-like. And so there's like six different models, I think. But basically, you put down this trapdoor that's assigned the base texture, which is gives it a model of a table. Then every time you flick the trapdoor, it gives it a separate model data, and we get one leg, two legs, four legs, pedestal, no legs. Mm-hmm. And so it allows, with one block, you just cycle through a bunch of different things. And so if you could do that somehow... Now, the trapdoor is a unique block because you can interact with it. Um, but if you could do that with like... I don't know how you would do that with armor but like there could be a way to if you combine items in a crafting recipe then assign custom model data to it I I could be talking outside of my you know wheelhouse here but that that could be something that could be implemented in a way that I think would be up up your alley like in the in the way that you know these these cosmetic things would be be good I you know you think about the popularity of the the mob heads and then you think back to what was it called it was the hermitcraft go or pokemon go or yeah they, they had a
0: hermitron was like hermitron. the game they had yeah around yeah, the time was... pokemon go came out rendog decided to yeah rename a bunch of items hide them around the server give them different rarities in shulker boxes and then yeah. basically seed this treasure hunt game throughout the entire server more or less and,
1: and that went bananas i mean like so these mechanics appeal to minecraft players we know that right yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think it's a great idea, dude.
0: Yeah, I, I think it could be worth it. And I'm not necessarily coming at it from a perspective of this is what I want. I'm thinking about how I can enhance the game for everybody else just through, you know, the the vague idea, how Mojang could do it more, more to the point because I'm not planning on making this into a mod or a data pack myself, but I do like the idea of having that level of customizability that we're already seeing in games like Minecraft Dungeons. You know, the the precedent is there, even though it's a different type of game. So it's something I'd love to see in future. Um, that's where we're going to wrap up this episode of The Spawn Chunks, folks. Thanks for listening to us ramble, as always. You can find information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and The Spawn Chunks is proud as ever to be a listener-supported podcast. Even more proud this week because we have passed the epic milestone of 200 patrons. Thank you guys so much for pledging your support. You can do that at patreon.com slash thespawnchunks, where joining our community gets you an invite to our patrons-only Discord channel. At, where you can listen into the show live as, as it is recorded. Special thanks go out to our content engineers, Cameron Sigelski, Greena Canuck, JD Williamson, and Yitz for your support on this episode.
1: Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at the spawn chunks on Twitter and Instagram, but a personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast with your friends. Just tell them about the spawn chunks and where they can go to listen. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. It's another way for the uh, general public to find the show. It's also free. So, hey, check it out. The RSS feed is on the spawnchunks.com and the patron only RSS feed is on the patreon page that's where you can listen to the render distance the extended version of the podcast
0: my name is johnny but online i go by pixel Riffs, and you can find most of what i do at youtube.com slash where i attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called the minecraft survival guide i stream three days a week on twitch doing behind the scenes work for the survival guide world and i'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap which you can find through a quick youtube search aside from that i'm at pixel Riffs on both twitter and instagram joel where can people find you online
1: everything i'm doing online including my illustration and design portfolio is at joelduggan.com the citadel cafe is a podcast i do about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment you can find that at the imagine that and you can follow me at joel duggan on social media and of course joel duggan on twitch where i've been playing minecraft now frame stutter free uh, as well as satisfactory and i'm going to do a hard plug here we did a double feature this weekend where i did a minecraft stream followed by a satisfactory stream and if you're new to satisfactory while i am pretty far in the game a lot of people in the chat were new to the game so we did a lot of explaining and a lot of exploring i think you might like it so check that out at twitch.tv joel duggan
0: thanks for visiting the spawn chunks the world outside is infinite but it could be so much more colorful